the events that have unfolded around our country, in our community, and yes, even here in our own church over the past week and today, give us much pause and cause us to think about what's really important. Even in this season where we seem to be uh, all too, um, in the sense, in the middle of traditions and surrounded by familiar things, it's given us pause to really think about what's important. Yes, it is Christmas season. Yes, it is the Advent season which we celebrate here. And yes, there are lots of fantastic holiday traditions that we are a part of in our families, in our communities. But a lot of that seems meaningless when we hear of tragic events, when we hear of lives lost, when we hear of people mourning, and yes, when we hear of people leaving. It causes us to think about everything that we do and how we conduct ourselves and what we truly value. Perhaps what we had set our sights on this Christmas season wasn't that valuable at all. And maybe we need to think something different. You see, around the holidays, oftentimes in our homes and in our minds, there's a running list of gifts that need to be purchased. Now, I don't know about you, but I distinctly remember the year when I changed, I moved, I went from the list where people were buying you gifts to the one where you had to do the buying of gifts. Do you recall that, you guys that are older? It used to be so easy before, right? All you had to do was show up and uh, wait for some uncle or parent or relative to shower you with love and affection. And then suddenly, I don't know why, there was this unwritten expectation that just because you now had a job and a paycheck, you should be buying gifts with somebody else. Now, I remember that first year. I had a paycheck. And I was actually happy to be able to buy gifts this time. And I, I don't mean like, you know, a pack of gum like I did in high school. No, like actually go to the store and, and, and look for a gift. But what I also remember was that my list was relatively small. I was single and uh, didn't have a family, uh, not a whole lot of family. I wasn't living here in San Diego, so the gift was relatively, the lift was relatively small. And then my wife and I got married, and uh, when you're a couple, the expectations to provide gifts, for, it just gets bigger. Because some of you guys are laughing. You know what I'm talking about. And so we started adding to our list. So we'd come together, first year of marriage, oh, we can, you know, get this for so-and-so, did this. And then we have cousins, and she has cousins, and I have cousins. And then our cousins had kids, so we had cousins and our cousins' kids, which are also nieces and nephews. And then they got older. And they, they uh, met some people, and then they got married. And so we had cousins and kids' cousins and their wives and their husbands. And then they had kids. So then, then cousins and kids' cousins and their kids. And then the list got really, really big. Do you know what I'm talking about? And the longer you live, the longer the list gets. And pretty soon, it's out of control. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
And it's a scramble. It's a mad scramble running around close to the holidays. Did you forget so-and-so? Did you get so-and-so? And, and uh, it got really big. And my wife's family, I don't know if you know, but the family is enormous. I'm really not making this up. Uh, we would have our Christmas get-together with uh, her family. And uh, if you know anything about the Filipino culture, um, you don't actually have to be related to be related. <laughs> so we have actual aunts and uncles, but there's a whole lot of other aunties and uncles, and they all come to the Christmas party. So one year when we got together, this is true story, true story. When we arrived at the, at the house we were gathering, uh, the garage had been opened, and uh, cars had been cleared out, and on the garage there was a grid made up with masking tape, several boxes, grid, each with a name of a different family, and you just brought your gifts and you dropped them in the box, uh, because there were so many families, and so, so you just, the whole garage was, do you remember that, Cakes? Uh, yeah. So they were just, so you just bring your stack of this family, this family, this family, and it was very difficult to buy all these gifts for all these different families. So some families, they said, you know what, forget that. We're just going to go to Costco and get a 20-size pack of whatever they got going on over there. And then we'll just deal it out. So when we scooped up our stuff, some of it made no sense. There was a little Buddha in one. And I, I didn't understand that gift. But that's the gift list that got out of control, and, 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 and it just got worse and worse. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it's not because uh, we, we, you know, we don't want to, it's not like I'm an Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm, I'm really not. I love gifts, but I just, I, I have felt the overwhelming nature of this season kind of crowd up on me. And, and maybe you're like me. Maybe you have uh, uh, been challenged in that way as well. And during this particular Christmas, we, your church and your pastoral staff, uh, staff have been challenging you to conspire with us to maybe approach Christmas a little bit different. Because you see, uh, Christmas is about gifts, yes, but not the kind of gifts that we normally think of. You see, Christmas is about the greatest gift, the greatest gift. And the greatest gift was not actually a thing. It was a person. A person. If you've brought a Bible with you, please open it to the book of Luke. We are in Luke chapter 2. If you didn't bring a Bible, there's one probably in the pew right in front of you somewhere. You can reach down and pick it up. Uh, we are in Luke. We're in the New Testament. We're in the third book of the New Testament. Luke chapter 1 tells us the story and, and, and the, uh, uh, the prophecy that was coming true at the birth of Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, we find uh, the actual birth. And as we celebrate in anticipation of Christmas and as we continue in the joy of the Advent season, um, this is a story that has a special meaning for us today. We are in Luke chapter 2. And uh, <clears throat> I'll begin from verse 4. And please follow along with me if you've got a Bible. And it says that Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the line of David. And he went there to register with, with, with Mary, who was pledged to be married and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth 
to a son, a firstborn, and wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were afraid. But the angel spoke up and said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring good news of great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord You've undoubtedly heard this passage before. You've seen a play. Uh, you've watched the movie. Maybe you've been in one. This is the, 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 the typical manger scene moment. In anticipation of finding the child, the angel first appears to the shepherds. And these are the words of the angel. While they were afraid, the angel says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. Catch this. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. A Savior has been born to you. See, the Christmas season, the Christmas season, and and, and the reason we celebrate is about the greatest gift that a Savior was born to you. The greatest gift was a person, not a thing, a Savior given to you. The Word of God tells us that this child was named Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. It was God's way of giving us himself. It was God's way of sharing this gift of himself with us. He sent his son. And this will be assigned to you, verse 12. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel and they praised God and they began to say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. I love this this, this passage right here. The angels gather around and begin to sing and they say, look, there's good news because the favor of God, that means the good good thing that God wants to do is now on men. God wanted to favor us. God wanted to bless us. God wanted to give us. That's where we get the idea of giving gifts. It's supposed to be an expression of favor. Favor. It's supposed to be something where I have valued you and treasured you as a friend, as a family relative, and and at the Christmas season, I want to celebrate that by saying, you know, I treasure you and I'm giving you this gift as an expression of my love. Except that, for too many of us, it's anything but that. It's sometimes just an exercise and obligation ah, they got me a gift last year, I better do something for them. It's sometimes an exercise in guilt. I don't really want to give, but I should get them something, and they'll, they'll make me feel bad if I don't. It's sometimes an exercise in greed. I'll give her this gift, but it's really for me. Now, when your husband buys you electronics, yeah, that's... That's not for you. It's sometimes just an exercise in spending money. Just getting out there and for the sheer thrill of finding deals. And I got you this. 
Why? I don't know. It was on sale. I got a good deal on it. Too often, the idea of gifts is focused on the object rather than the relationship. And it's interesting because this is something that we've communicated and taught our kids so well. Have you ever noticed? They're, my children, too, they're super excited about Christmas, and you got them this gift, and you want to see the, 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 the expression on their face. But as soon as you give them the gift, they could care less about you. Do you know what I mean? You're like, look what I got you. Oh, thanks, Mom. See you later. And they open the gift. And then a few minutes later, what else? What else is there? It's supposed to be an expression of relationship, but too often we have centered on the object itself, and the relationship becomes secondary. In reality, the favor of God is about his relationship with us. See, since time eternal, God has wanted to love us. God has wanted to have a love relationship with us. He has wanted to make himself known to you and, and, and so that you could know him and love him fully. But throughout the course of time, things have always gotten in the way. And it seems that even now, even though we're anticipating celebrating the Christmas season, too often material things have gotten in the way. It's hard to recognize and worship the child when there's so many gifts standing between you and him. It's hard and re to recognize the essence of Christmas when there's so many other things to do other than to worship the child. So we have been asking you to conspire with us. If you'll recall, that we started this month by saying worship fully. And, and some of you looked at me strange during that Sabbath. You weren't quite sure how to make heads or tails out of that. What does this have to do with Christmas? It has everything to do with Christmas. When the child arrived, the Bible says that the angels appeared and began to sing glory to God in the highest. This is the ultimate moment of God meeting us. And all of creation explodes in gratitude. All of the heavenly hosts explode in song. It's God's greatest gift you know, he could have sent more, more stuff. Do you realize that? God could have said, you know, I, wanna, I want my favor to rest on men, so let me send some more rain to grow more stuff. Let me send manna or, or, or objects. He could have blessed us with more stuff. But his ultimate expression is to send us himself, to send us his son. He could have sent us angels, you know. He could have sent some heavenly creature. But instead, no. God sends us himself. This is the greatest moment. The Advent is a celebration of the arrival of God amongst us. That he would take on our skin and our flesh and be with us. Today, a Savior has been born to you. And his name is God with us. God with you. The book of John says that the Word, capital W, who was always there from the beginning, became flesh and lived among us. God's greatest expression of his love is to give himself to us. To give us his hands and his feet, his tears, his touch, and his love. 
And while Jesus was here, when the Savior walked among us, he said, as I have loved you, so now you too love one another. Do you know that so many around our communities and even in our own families will have a Christmas this year? They will. They'll have trees and they'll have gifts. They'll have a Christmas celebration, but they will not know the Christ. So many will have uh, holiday drinks and will have uh, you know, Christmas cards put up in different places, but they will not know this person, the actual gift. They will fill their homes with music and with apple cider and with other good things and even happy moments, but they will only be temporary because they do not have the ultimate gift that lasts for always, the gift of God himself. And they don't know that the favor of God rests here among us. They don't know the good news. They don't know that there is a God who loves them in spite of their circumstances. They don't know. And they won't know unless you and I tell them and unless you and I show them and unless you and I extend the gift of Jesus himself. And you're asking me, Pastor, how do I do that? I don't understand. They won't know God unless you give them yourself. In order to worship God fully, we've got to understand what Christmas is about. It's not about checking everyone off our list. It could be about spending less money on stuff and giving more of ourselves. Giving more of our love, giving more of our relationship. Truth be told, this past week and the tragic events that took place yesterday have got us all thinking that perhaps the most important gift we can give is time. Perhaps the most important gift that we can give is an embrace of love. A few more cherished moments with somebody who will be leaving us soon. That's what God wants. But he didn't want tragedy to awaken that in us. The angels sing because God is giving us that gift and then asking us to extend it. So we are asking you to conspire with us to give more this Christmas. To give more. Not more gifts, not more meaningless stuff, but more of yourself, more of your forgiveness, more of your joy, more of your presence. Giving gifts is good, don't get me wrong. I, I like giving gifts. I like the expression, but, but I'm challenging myself and you to not give thoughtless gifts. It's all right. You know, I, I, I like undoing the wrap, but don't give thoughtless gifts. Have you ever received a gift that was not your size and not your color and you have no idea why they bought it? Have you ever given that gift? Don't just spend money for no reason. If you want to give a gift, give a gift that matters. Give a gift that actually says how you really feel. It's an expression of who you are. And, and, and maybe giving that gift will cost you less in terms of money, and more in terms of your time, your energy, your affection. 
And with that money that you would have otherwise spent, why don't you give more to those who don't have anything? So we're challenging you this Christmas season to give yourself to your family, to your friends, to give yourself to everyone who needs this gift of love and to give the money that you would have spent instead to those who don't have and need things.